What is happening, my friend? Hey, um, uh, Merry Christmas. I'm glad that you said that because that's becoming politically incorrect to say that these days. Yeah, you know, I'm too old for that. Um, and I am pretty politically correct, you know. And I, I Are you? Well, I mean, I try not to be, you know, a complete jackass. But <laughs> there are some things I just don't get down with. So I'm not going to say happy holidays just in case you're not a Christmas person because I'm not. I have no, I am of no religious persuasion. So, uh, Merry, you know, Christmas is what I was brought up with. It's not a religious thing to me. It's a season. So I don't care about any of that. So I don't really say happy holidays. I do sometimes in business correspondence just to be, you know, just to be careful. But uh, here on the podcast, it's Merry Christmas. Yeah, to of our course. Listeners, what, what is coming out of the White House? What do they say? Is it happy holidays or can, is that too? Mm. You know, white know. Christian nation anymore. Is to, there something else that they're saying? I'll see what Jin Saki's saying, and then <laughs> I can circle back to you on Thank that. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> because even, uh, it seems to me, and I, you see it because the Democrats are in power, and of course they use things like Twitter, uh, Biden and Harris will tweet out things, but there's like a holiday every day. There's a new, you know, this is, whether it's we have to congratulate these people or those people or happy this, happy that. I think they have to be careful. I mean, I'm pretty sure the Trump White House didn't They care. threw away all the holidays. Yeah, they they looked at the, the schedule for the next year and said, what holidays? There's more holidays than they're not. Let's cancel oh. all of those. Oh, my God. I saw a picture on Instagram the other day of the uh, Trump White House with Melania's satanic red Christmas trees all throughout the White House. The trees were red? It was a hellscape, a Christmas hellscape, <laughs> right? And and then, you know, they're then below they show the current um, White House Christmas decorations, you know, green, white, yeah. red, gold. Yeah, you know, yeah, all that gold stuff. Balls. Right? Gold balls. Gold balls. <laughs> red balls. Uh blue balls. Um, <laughs> you had to you went you had to go there. <laughs> So uh, yeah, I was like, oh my god, that was uh, so satanic and uh, and communist. I mean, for you know, I mean, but doesn't that make sense? Because everybody accused Trump of being in bed with Putin, so no. he might as well have the country's national colors. And Melania is obviously a Russian spy. So. Is she Russian? She's not Russian. Isn't She's she Slovakian or something? So that's kind of Russian, sort of, kind of Eastern, right? Europe. Well, maybe she was part of Russia at one point. Maybe but, she's Crimean. I don't know. She is Slovakian, I think. Yeah, I think I, that's right. But all of the... I don't remember that. I remember there was a lot of controversy because he... I thought it was the gold drapes that he put in the Oval Office. And, of course, his office in Manhattan was you know, decorated with gold. And he's got gold uh, handles on the toilet and there, all kinds there, of shit. There is no end to the um, fascination for me if I get a glimpse inside really wealthy New Yorkers abodes, it's, I mean, Trump was very much that way. Um, all his taste is in his mouth, <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, very many of them have really tasteless interiors with too much glitz and shit like that. I'm not, you know, I'm not down with that, you know? So <laughs> isn't that, I mean, the white house in general, it's, it's this, you know, a lot of tradition, old history. They have different colored rooms with tapestries in China, and yeah. that's just worth a, a fortune. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, let's hope Trump. Let's hope they check Trump's bags on the way out. <laughs> you think that he uh, <laughs> swiped a couple of things? Maybe some silverware on his way out, real silver. Uh, I Griff, Griff, Griff. That's <laughs> all I can say about that whole situation. Glad they're gone. Hope he's having a good Christmas. Uh, Do you? Uh, no, but um, 
<laughs> I think you got to say it at least. <laughs> I don't think you have to say it. <laughs> but it's good that it. we even I don't remember the the red Christmas trees no. in the White House, but I'm glad that we still have a tree in the White House. I'm glad we haven't abandoned that. And it's more for me, listen, I talk all the time about not that I'm anti-religion, I'm just not religious and, you know, not I'm not a believer in the yeah. faith. Uh, or, well, or he in the heavens, or whatever, whatever you want to say. A Christmas tree is a lot more in line with the pre-Christian beliefs, right? It's a what's the word I'm looking for? It's the um, before Christian, before Christianity, the religions were what? What was? What did they call them? What kind of religions were they? Sun worshippers and this. Yeah. And well, there was there was many gods. You know, there, there were many gods and. And a lot of it, oh, I can't think of the right word, Hedon, not hedonistic, but anyway, Christmas trees and some of the ornaments and the whole thing, not much of it has anything to do with Christianity. And the way I understand the history of it is that the um, the the Christian religion sort of kind of went, let people retain their pre-Christian Christmas and, um, you know, uh, 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 some of the symbols that they used before Christian yeah, some of their pre-Christian traditions so that, so that the changeover from those prior beliefs to Christianity would be a little smoother, right? It's why there's, they still let them have the Easter bunny and Easter eggs represent Easter, which has nothing to do with, you know, resurrection of Christ or anything <laughs> like that. So it's a real combination. I'll think of the word eventually, but it's a real combination of those things. So, um, I don't think we'll ever see the Christmas tree. I mean, maybe when there's a Muslim president. Uh, I don't know when that would be. Or maybe when there's a shortage of trees to cut down. Well, it might be that, a that, fake tree. I mean, that's got to be a thing uh, first. Let me, let me tell you a success story. Um, uh, my wife uh, was um, uh, was traumatized in her youth by her mother having a green aluminum Christmas tree with a color wheel. That sounds pretty cool. Let's bring that back. <laughs> well, I'm all over. I'm all about mid-century. I mean, yeah. I would take a room in my... If I could get my hands on that uh, that uh, equipment... Do you guys still have it? No, no, no. So her mother doesn't even remember. I would never have that. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. But so, Debbie... So, we've never had a fake Christmas tree ever. Every year for 40 straight Christmases, our first Christmas was Christmas 1981... I have asked her for two things. Can we get a flock tree and or can we get a, a, a fake tree? Because I'm sick of paying these prices and right. I hate going out to the to the Christmas tree lots. Uh, that was a hard no all the way through, <laughs> 40 times in a row. Well, actually, 38 times in a row. Um, so not last year, but the Christmas before, we had been getting our trees consistently from Costco prior to that um, Home Depot. Costco was coming through with some pretty reasonably priced trees, and you buy them though tied up. So unlike a Christmas tree lot, where they're all standing up, you don't know what they look like till right, you get them home. Right. So typically, you got to take it. They don't. They they frown on you cutting open a bunch of trees and not buying them. Which is ironic because you can return most shit at Costco <laughs> yeah. except for the tree. I don't know. Can you take back the tree? The trees are not there long enough. I for wouldn't me to make be. A so I can think of some people that I know that would try that. <laughs> so. uh not last Christmas was Christmas before we bought the tree sight and seen all tied up, brought it home, and it was terrible. Oh my god, it was crooked. It had bald spots. It was just a fucking mess. And Debbie was once again traumatized in the other direction. But it was a real tree. It was a real tree. real trees like people have flaws. They have bald spots and they're crooked. 
<laughs> well, uh, very much uh, like old men. Right. So, um, uh, it, it, so you know, we got through that Christmas. I thought it looked fine. I mean, she's really good at decorating it and so forth. But she didn't like it. She didn't enjoy having it. She was butthurt over it the whole time. So last year, I made my annual suggestion. Uh, it's a hard no on the flock. What can't you get too? Maybe you get a his and hers tree. Because <laughs> I know it's flocked. No, because really, if we're going to have a his and her tree, mine will be non-existent. So yeah, but you could well, get, I get your, that every. <laughs> yeah, but you could get you you know your decoration. Maybe you keep it up all year, half the year. I already suggested that. Too. <laughs> so all right. So uh, anyway, we bought a tree at Home Depot last year for I think under three hundred dollars. It's fantastic. It's taller than the trees we could buy on the lots. It's perfectly shaped. It looks great. The lights are already installed. Um, they, you know, have a remote control for all the lights. I mean, they don't, the, the light bulbs don't hang inside the tree. They're embedded in yeah, the Yeah, so you have branches. a fake tree then. I, we do. We okay. bought it last year. So this is our second year with a fantastic uh, fake tree. Yeah, that's all you need. I don't give a shit. Yeah, really. I mean, do you miss the smell? Here's the problem. During, spray it. They got spray. Well, during the winter, my nose is plugged up about 90% of the time. I can't smell shit. Yeah, you've anyway. sounded terrible lately. I know. It's, this whole season, I'll, I'll be all nasally because my sinuses get get messed up. And so um, I don't really smell it anyway. And if you really want to smell go get a real wreath or something, right? Or get the spray or get over it. <laughs> so anyway, Christmas is in full. But are you going to be one of those guys then? Because you told us the story about how you hung your lights. Yeah. Are you going to turn into one of those guys that keeps the lights up all year? I am uh, working on a retirement project that should make me a zillionaire. Yes, no. let's hear it. Well, I'm working on some way, and when I say working on it, I mean this is just, just a, you're sleeping and you're dreaming at night about these yeah, ideas about somehow um, LED lights that are embedded in your fascia boards or something that that you know don't look like you have Christmas tree lights, but then you can just flick a switch and all of a sudden they'll be on. But well, this is a good idea. But how yeah. would they be embedded in the fascia? Like, is there a flap? Like, I'm thinking a secret James Bond kind of like in the bumpers of the cars that hide the explosives that drop. Mm -hmm. Is this a secret flap that mm. that opens to expose the lights, or how are they know. just camouflaged lights? I think I think during the non Christmas time, and I'm giving away a lot of trade secrets here. So yeah, watch, but I need to watch. help you flesh this out before. <laughs> you spend your money on these patents that don't materialize for you oh uh, yeah well i something i've learned from my current employer is you, you never bother to patent anything you just <laughs> you just go with it nothing's fight worth, it out yeah nothing's worth it if they want to steal it from you just let them have it um yeah i don't know maybe drill a hole all the way through the fascia board from the back but that's not good that lets air and moisture into the wood so that's not a great plan but you could drill a hole from the backside, push the lights up too close to the front of that hole, run the wires all through the back of the fascia board so that they're there all the time and out of sight. So thinking about it, but uh, probably not going to happen. How about, okay, you have the lights on the fascia and then you have like some, tor like a flap, uh, maybe it's aluminum flashing or something that has hinges, picture this, mm -hmm. hinges on the bottom of the fascia and the flap folds up. That's so most of the idea. year it's kind of hidden out of sight. Then it comes down <laughs> and then you can see the lights. That's awesome. Maybe I could just drape something over them during the rest of the year. I mean, all of that expense and and work for a couple of weeks mm. of of a higher electricity bill. You know, what I are think, we doing? What, think, what what's wrong with us, no, I Americans? Think I think probably the uh, yeah. I mean, there's a real first world problem, right? Nobody in uh, Haiti is worrying about you know. Yeah, because they have, have no electricity. <laughs> they got lights, but no electricity, right? And they don't do Christmas, so. 
Um, yeah, so that's that's what's going on. I, I, you know, I once I get the lights up, I just I really enjoy it. I like having them up, and um, I do a pretty good job of it. So my lights are all. You know, it puts you in the Christmas spirit. Yeah, the Makes, way, it, you're happier. I am. I am. You're more fun to be around. Thank you. <laughs> it's funny because I uh, I left work at after a little just a few minutes after five. Like, oh no no, I left work a little before five, and um, but by the time I got home, it was dark. So for the first time this season, because um, I called Dave, say I'm on my way home, she went out and flicked on the Christmas lights uh, so that they would be on. When I pulled up, because otherwise I don't see them, right? If they're off, when I and who flips from, them off? Well, uh, on my way to bed, <laughs> flip the lights <laughs> off. I put in. Uh, so last year when I went to Hawaii, I put in a, uh, I put in a, um, a, a timer. Yeah, on, for, uh, on the light switch for the. So there's an inside switch for the porch light, right? And we wanted something that I could uh, set on a timer to go on and off, so it didn't look like we were on vacation right the lace either on all the time or off all the time and um i'm a big believer in having light around your house so that you know the burglars go to that dark house next door so um uh anyway that's been in there but then this is the first christmas with the automatic light set in there so i have to figure that out i gotta reset the schedule on that so it doesn't turn on so just flip one off flip the at, at 10 o'clock or something, when I go to bed, I flip off the Christmas lights and flip on the porch light. Why don't you get one of those, uh, you know, electrical sockets you can plug in and control it with an app? It's, um, uh, well, that's what I did. It's a Leviton, right? It's a, and it's, so I took off the little plate. So in the front hall, in the entryway, I have a two, two, pl- uh, two switch thing. So I took off the plate, pulled out one of the switch, the one that controlled the porch light and put in the, the, the the app controlled one, so yeah, I do have a control, and I can set a schedule. Yeah. So um, look at uh, you, all high tech. I know, I know. That <laughs> took my me and my brother in law four hours last year before we <laughs> for one for receptacle. Life. Yeah, we just we could not figure it out. We just kept messing up the uh, the wiring <laughs> until it wouldn't work. But finally, we got it. So, um, and then I bought a Debbie bought a plug off Amazon for ninety nine cents. You plug it in. You plug whatever, your lamp or your Christmas lights on the inside, whatever. She puts a bunch of uh, garland uh, with lights in it on the mantelpieces for over the fireplaces. And so we put, we plug that into a, a 99 cent Amazon switch. And then you go to your Alexa app and you can turn on that switch from your. Yeah, phone. you're an Alexa guy, huh? Oh, we have Alexa. I have both. I have, I have one of those. Uh, I have the, uh, the kids got me uh, the, uh, the Apple one, the little round ball with the with Siri inside it. Right. So, if that thing costs ninety nine cents, yeah. What do you think it costs to make? I mean, what did Amazon actually pay for it that they can sell it to you for ninety nine cents? Well, here, let's get political. Yeah, because um, this is a political probably, show. Probably, <laughs> probably the forced labor of the Uyghurs in China made that switch. So, like, no compensation. Yeah, it probably didn't cost them anything. I mean, they barely feed those people, and they're prisoners. It's a slave forced labor camp. So, so it's a hundred percent profit for Amazon because they may they get to keep all ninety nine cents. You know, Amazon, Apple. We're coming to kind of a a crossroads here with some of our big companies about what what about how they're dealing with China, right? I mean, we I don't have a bunch of details, but it could be, I became aware that there were some secret, and when I say secret, I mean not made public to the American public negotiations between Tim Cook and China. 
as uh, far because, as what well, supply? Because their fucking phones are made in China, right? And it's pretty evident that there's a lot of forced labor going on in China, especially out of certain regions where the the Muslim minority, the Uyghurs, are being are are in concentration camps, and I mean it's slave labor. So what was the, I mean? Obviously, well, they're still making them. They they make most of the fucking iPhones, in right? China. And and remember, in the early days of COVID, just just because of supply chain issues, Apple was concerned about that. And then they were talking about setting up factories in was it South Korea, uh, moving moving shit away from China. But I don't think it was because of doing you know the noble thing of of slave labor. It was hey, we just got to get these cheap fucking phones to our Americans so we can sell them for a thousand dollars a piece. I think the truth of it is, as politically correct as Tim Cook would probably like to be, um, I don't think they give a shit. I don't either. Right. So uh, and do we? I mean, the question is, do we? We don't. No. Yeah. When you we when, and you don't and you think about that, we buy more iPhones than anything else and everything else. All the stuff we've talked about with mm-hmm. the containers, ships, you know, parked off the coast here, the West Coast, and supply chain issues. Like I've seen more and more articles of of stories where they're trying to shame us Americans because we consume too much. Who the Chinese? Well, I don't know these fucking libtard writers are who are writing these stories, but it's essentially. We as Americans have a consumption <laughs> problem, like and we are the problem because we're right. buying too much shit. And it's not a supply chain issue. Well, we're I bleeding mean, the planet the truth and of slave it is, labor and all of that. All the environmental issues that we face, whether it's connected to climate change or air quality or anything, it's all consumer-driven. I mean, our whole GDP and our whole economy is consumer-based. We're not manufacturing exactly. shit. Exactly, yeah. And so – uh, the, you know, it's a hard fact to face that we don't appear to be in any way prepared to face that. You can't slow down the cycle, which was the whole thing with COVID turning off the economy. You can't turn off an economy that it's that its only function is to buy shit. <laughs> That's right. So, um, okay, so a couple things. Now, you're, you're making my mind kind of go in two different directions. So I want to talk about the economy and COVID and Omicron for a second. But before we go there... Since we touched on China, just let me just raise this issue and see what your thoughts are on this. So I got some inside information. How are you getting all this inside information? I got people. (laughs) What clubs are you in now that you're getting all the secrets? I have some reliable inside information that we are about to ship an, uh, 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 an ass load of military weaponry to Australia. That is directly a result of the frayed tensions with China. <clears throat> so having said that, it gets a little more real, right? We talk about, it's like, oh, we're going to piss off China. Well, who cares? We piss them off all the time. If four years of Trump didn't start a nuclear war, what could Nothing fuck, will. What could, well, but here's the problem. China was ignoring Trump when 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 American Democrats and American presidents like Biden start, you know, start posturing with them. Who knows, right? And then you have our allies, right? Because the chances are we're still not going to fight a direct war with China, but could there be a proxy war in, say, Australia? There could. So what's the angle with Australia? What's the move there? Well, the move there is that we're sending a ton of military equipment to Australia, not to mention we fucked over the French and and took away their multi-billion dollar, um, I think it was Air Force, uh, you know, uh, fighter plane contracts and stuff like that. We're We're doing everything we can to shore up our military relationship with Australia. 
because of the tensions with China. But let me, I don't mean to burst your bubble, but I don't know where you're getting this inside information. But chances are, if you know about it, that the Chinese also know about it. They probably yeah. know what, that we're shipping massive you know, amounts of weapons you know, to Australia. A, I mean, I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. And my and, and the conclusion regarding the reason why we are, I got the, I have the piece of information that's extremely reliable that we are doing that. Um, but uh, why are we doing it? it? That's my own conclusion that it's because of because it's of the situation with China, because of the tensions with China. So, um, uh, so having said all that, all the stuff with China gets to be a little bit crazy, right? Um, so, China, are we on the verge of? Well, a I don't know. We conflagration talked, with China. Well, we, you know, you and I talked about this in relationship to Russia, and you know, whatever the hell they're doing with Ukraine, and, and so they're doubling down. I know. Right. So it seems like Trump and Putin went to the same school of, of public relations. But think about it. We're at this weird point where we just talked about, you know, our economy, how we consume everything. So we need the Chinese for all of our 99 cent plugs that we want to buy in right. our iPhones. And the Chinese need us so that, to sell it to. I mean, what good is it if you have all these manufacturing capabilities and you have no customers buying your shit? You know, that's always been my theory about our relationship with China, why it would be better to have a strong economic bond with China than not. Um, because, which we do. Yeah, which we do. And I think that still holds true. I mean, I, I think that they're they're not going to let us bully them on the international stage anymore because they're just too damn powerful. At but what can point. either of us really do? Tough. I mean, it, and again, um, I don't see U.S. military forces landing on Chinese shore or vice versa. But, um, you know, could it be Japan? Could it be Taiwan? Could it be Australia? Could it be New Zealand? Could it be some other island in, you know, in the Asian, you know, theater, uh, uh, you know, in the Pacific Ocean? I mean, do you, who the fuck knows? Do, right? I mean, could the Chinese possibly be like in technology, in the iPhones, could they actually insert something in the phone so that they could, you know, just disable it, you know, shut it off? Is that something Apple would know about? Like the Chinese could get pissed off at us and say, well, fuck you. We're going to shut down all of your iPhones for a week then yeah. see what you guys do. I would think that a significant amount of iPhones were being taken apart by the cybersecurity forces of the United States to check that yeah to make sure that's not happening and I'm pretty sure that the reason why we don't have a bunch of Huawei phones is for that very reason is because they took them apart and they were stuffed full of yeah I think so too technology remember I had a Huawei phone for a while I do I remember like you're like (laughs) this is the hottest new phone ever (laughs) (laughs) I don't care if it's anti-American you didn't never say that I love that phone yeah but I was getting all kinds of calls at night and uh, people driving by my house in blacked out vehicles. <laughs> I'm not sure what that was about. <laughs> Hello. Um, yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> um, Do you think it's going to come to a point where Americans, you know, they through their virtual virtue signaling that we say, hey, wait a minute, we have to support, you know, the humanitarian causes and not allow these people to work in these factories. And we're not going to buy these phones. Like, aren't we boycotting the winter Olympics as if anybody gives a shit about that anyway, because of how China treats its people. 
Well, my opinion about that is uh, either boycott them or don't. I mean, this you're not boycotting the Chinese uh, Winter Olympics if you're still sending all the athletes there. Well, we're boycotting by way of not sending any U.S. diplomats, right? But the yeah, you're do right. They give a shit. I don't know. I mean, I don't care. Didn't they... China came out and said, "Well, if you do that, we're going to retaliate." I don't know what they're going to do. I, you know, they're going to airdrop Huawei phones <laughs> exactly from a from a blimp. It could be slow, so slow, so slow moving that the U.S. military doesn't track it. Um, Yeah, I I think that the better strategies all the way around is uh, with China is to engage with them as much as possible. Keep the prospects of U.S. consumerism that benefits them at the forefront to and, and then always couch that with, you know, objections on the national front uh, regarding things like the Uyghurs and stuff in China. I mean, we don't care if they're communists. Their people don't seem to care. Because they don't know any better. Well, I mean, is that, that's not North Korea, but, but, um, uh, but here's the thing, you know, so is there a way, is there, is it possible that China would, you know, quit, quit, uh, stop the genocide of, of, Uyghurs in their country, or how many people is this? I don't know. It's a few million, I think. That they're killing? Well, they're incarcerated. They're in concentration camps, being worked. To what is the population of China now? They're uh, in the billions, right? It's got to be five billion, and then I think the rest of the world is two billion now. Because what's India? India's got to be way up there too. India might be up there. I mean, we're three hundred fifty million, million, right? Which seems like honestly two billion when you get out on the roads. <laughs> <laughs> it's way too much downtown LA traffic. Yeah, uh, uh, that's so funny. Um, this country is virtually empty. There aren't. There you are... always say that, but you don't know. You don't ever go anywhere. Well, it's not as empty as you think. <laughs> well, uh, okay. Would you? Would you? you I mean, I, I've Could said this to you before. Fly over Montana and even see a human being? I don't think so. Yeah, in between the elk, <laughs> they're there behind the elk. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> close, but, close behind. Yeah. I mean, are, are let's say the demand for Chinese goods goes down for the sole reason that Americans, you know, become woke about Ugh. that, too. And they say, well, we're just not going to support a country who treats its people that way. Therefore, we're not going to buy your products. I just don't see us. Would you that. do that? No, because I don't look now. I don't either. You know, I can tell you a Christmas, a funny Christmas story. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm so in the mood for storytelling. <laughs> a couple of years ago, a few years ago, I was in a... Um, I was in a shopping center in Orange County called, um, uh, well, where, whatever it's called. It's down there. <laughs> what, South Coast Plaza? 50, yeah, no, no, 57. No, a little downscale from South Coast Plaza. The other one. Um, Walmart? No. Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was at a store, a popular clothing store that I won't plug here. And um, the lines were long, right? And so the, the line was long, and I was... I was the next person in line and um, then there were a bunch of people behind us and there was a person at the register given the, the, the poor salesperson just a ton of shit because the clothes in the store had made in China labels on them. What did this person expect? Well, she she want, she thought that the best idea she could come up with that, that day with 20 people in line behind her was to take 15 minutes to bitch at this store about carrying um uh, everything you know in the store. Was when was this? Oh, this is about three. No, this is about four years ago. So was Trump in office? Was no, it the no, Trump long effect? Before. Actually, okay. so it's got to be more. It's probably six years ago. All right. 
So we listened to this for 15 minutes, and I'm standing in line going, get the fuck out of here, would you please? And Debbie's hit me in the arm going, shut up, don't say anything. And other people in line are going, what the hell is going on? And so everybody knew that this lady was bitching out this sales girl about this clothes being made in China. Right. And so she finally leaves, and I go up to the register, me and Debbie, and the sales girl goes, I am so sorry. Thank you for waiting. I, I so appreciate your patience. I go, hey, no problem. I know it's Christmas time. It's busy. And there's not going to be any problem as long as uh, the stuff I'm buying here isn't from China. <laughs> <laughs> Did she look at you like, oh. Debbie hit me so hard in the arm, all the feeling went out of my right hand for a week. You know, <laughs> And, uh, and uh, the, the, guy, the poor sales girl, her eyes just, I mean, they literally just, I didn't think they could open anymore. That's got to be that person just trying to be a dick, right? Because how do you yeah. not know that? I mean, especially garments. That shit isn't made here. Self-important. Nothing's made here. Self-important nonsense. Probably a, probably a non-vaxxer. <laughs> Little did we know. The original Karen, right? <laughs> well, she was definitely the Karen. How old before. was this person? Is this a... Uh, she was a middle-aged white woman. Was she, was, she, was she your age, older than you? She's not a boomer, right? Uh, well, probably younger than me. I mean, middle But in the age, boomer category? Age, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. You know, I was looking at her back most of the time, so... I saw a woman the other day. Where was it? I think it was at. Uh, was sending a package. I was at the UPS store, and there was a woman older than you, but you know she's a boomer. And let's face it, they take a a lot of shit because of the way they act sometimes. And she had written down the address of where she was going to send this package. And she and the, and the guy at the register is young guy. I mean, probably yeah. in his early twenties. Yeah. And she hands it to him, and he's you know going to type in the address. And uh, he says to her. What street is this again? What does it say? She goes, it's written right there. Can't you read it? Oh, man. And he says, uh, no, ma'am, I, I can't read your writing. And she says, it was in cursive. And she says, what's the matter? They don't teach cursive anymore? Oh, my God. And he says, no, ma'am, actually, they don't. Or, when he, you know, again, he's in they, his early 20s. So right. when he went to school, they didn't. And she went off. She's like, I'm from Chicago, and I used to be an elementary school teacher, and it's a disgrace in this country that we don't teach cursive anymore. And look what it's doing. It's dumbing down the youth of America. Look at you. You honestly can't read it. And she's berating this kid. And then ultimately, uh, she she verbally told him what the address was, and he typed it in, and he just looked on his face like, I got to put up with this shit. I'm sure he puts up with shit like that all day, especially this time of year. That is what's going to turn that generation and going to make them receptive to the idea of hurting up all the old people and turning them into food. Exactly. (laughs) And and it's already (laughs) happening. Like people like that, how can you not expect that when you go into a home – when you're old and need to be cared for, you yeah. don't, that the young people are going to be like, listen, there's two vials here. One of these things will keep you alive, and the other one will instantly take you out of my misery. Let's do that one. I mean, that kind of shit makes me crazy. You know, I try not to think about um, what's going to happen. I mean, this is not a pleasant subject, but as you get older, unfortunately, you start to look around, especially as your older relatives get really older. I'm 65 now, so, you know, I'm not part of the young side of the family or by any stretch of the imagination. So now I'm looking at, you know, how sad it is for the, like, the older family members and just older people in general. So people that are, and they're not that much older than I am anymore, 10 years. That makes a big difference, though. 30 years, or I mean, 20 years, I mean. You know, if you're 20 years older than I am, you're 85. You're, 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 everybody 
in existence is going to push you around until the day you die. I mean, that's just but, how But there's it is. also a, a factor there, a multiple. So, like, right now in 2021, you being 65, uh-huh. somebody who's 10 years or 20 years older than you really is, like, 30 years older than you. Yeah, why is that? Well, because people, I think, are, are healthier and, and – uh, Oh, yeah. I'm the model for health, that's for <laughs> What sure. I mean is as time goes on, like, you know – 50 is the new 40 and 60 is the new 50 oh and all of that. And, and know, as time dude. goes on, it's going to be even more aggressive that way. I, I think it's something that my wife and I just, you know, we're we're spending a lot of time with my wife's mom and she has really severe dementia. And to be honest with you, it's like the best kind of dementia. And by that, I mean, it's not Alzheimer's. And so it's not aggressive. She doesn't not know who we are, but you know, she has zero short-term memory. So you tell her something, hey, where are we going? We're going to the store, Mom. 25 seconds later, hey, where are we going? We're going to the store. I, I mean, do that. <laughs> yeah, but not 10 times. I do it like five times. I mean, sometimes the phone calls come, you know, if she gets off on something at when she's not with us and she thinks Debbie knows the answer, it keeps popping into her mind every five minutes. And so the phone will ring. 10 times in an evening, right? Just with her asking the same question. So even even not being with her doesn't make it, you know, so it's hard for us because we're 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 still mentally, you know, acute, but but it doesn't seem like that far off and I'm I'm thinking about how I'm thinking about her mom and how little patience we have in reality because it's just so hard, dude. I don't know if you're doing well. This. And part of that is your generation too. As that's what that was the knock against the baby boomers what, in that general. Well, that you have little patience, oh, like this lady at the UPS store. Oh my store. god, <laughs> little patience. And and the at least twenty other examples yeah. that we've cited on this podcast. Well, the stories try, you've told you know, about I, not I, having any patience. I know. I, I have a. <laughs> I have something I've I've said for a long time. I hope it's true. You just can't worry about stuff that hasn't happened yet, you know, much. I mean, you you can't if you spend your time reacting to things that haven't happened yet, you know, it's just a lot of waste of time. Yeah, that's a healthy yeah, way to look so at it. So that's where you try to keep this kind of thing in your mind. But it, it's it's hard. It gets harder every day. And and I'm thinking to myself, and we all, you know, we know people that are you know exactly 10 years older than I am and every day we're sort of questioning you know what's the real story you know what how what's the you know how mentally uh you know alert you know is someone that's it you know 75 well that's why 80. with certain industries and you know I think like pilots for example there's forced retirement at a certain age um, for commercial pilots. I don't know what it is, maybe 60, 65. Don't you think that's a good idea? I do, absolutely. Yeah, even though, but I would guarantee you, Travis, if you if you were a commercial pilot, uh, I know you're an amateur pilot. Yes, thank you. Um, uh, but if you were a commercial pilot and you were, you know, because here's the thing, at 65 or 70, you very possibly do not feel any different Exactly. Than you did when you were 30. But the chances of you just all of a sudden having a heart attack or a stroke go up, right? Well, that goes up and then. And like, then, what uh, about a surgeon? And maybe there's, you know, an age limits for surgeons too, but do you want someone who's, you know, got your I, chest open? I want my surgeon to be in elementary school. Exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, you know, so crazy. Yeah. Or uh, judges, Supreme Court judges, judges. Uh, or presidents. Term, term limits. Ageism. Term limits. Presidents. 
Biden. I know. Uh, Senator. <laughs> All of them. Um, where are you, have I asked you this? Where are you on uh, like assisted suicide for, for really old people or people in pain or have terminal illnesses that have no chance of recovering? Man, that's a not suggesting that we take our elderly politicians and deliberately terminate them. I'm just if you're in there, you <laughs> I would never you. You who never misses a chance to applaud some type of uh, population uh, reduction situation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sounds like a great idea. I mean, the good thing about COVID is it's knocked out 800,000 well, people. Well, and I'm so, even like the, the issue we talked about a minute ago with, you know, our consumption problem. The the real issue is not that we're consuming shit. It's just there's too much of us, you know, consuming stuff. Uh, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> even your buddy, Elon which, by the way, did you see he, Elon Musk got uh, person time person of the year? I did see that. Yeah. But what does that really mean anymore? Here's what it right? means. It means that Time Magazine, which we've already known for a long time, is also now owned by the woke liberal media, and they had to give him that accolade. Why would the woke media have to give him that accolade? I don't know. I just worked it in. Well, Why here, wouldn't it go to – wasn't it – I thought there was discussion about – Well, wouldn't it go to the people that developed the fucking that's what COVID I thought. vaccine? That's and, what I thought. And I that, thought – and they've in, in the past, they have named more than one person time um, person of the year. Yeah. I mean, look, person of the year from Time Magazine uh, used to be a big deal. It used to be. Right? It's yeah. just not the big deal. When would you say it became not a big deal? Uh, when they, when they, I don't know. I'm going to tell you when. When? And I don't, I don't know what year it is, but I believe this is probably maybe 10 years ago now, maybe more. Mm -hmm. I think Bono, Bill Gates, and Melinda Gates were all three on the cover and they were named Time Persons of the Year. And Bill Gates- Because they were having a menage a trois. uh, Who knows? I mean, at that time, (laughs) if, if I have this right, which- very possibly I don't. It is couch funeral. It is. So we could make up whatever we want. I mean, Bill and Melinda Gates, of course, had the uh, the foundation. They still do. Maybe they were, you know, donating some shit. I mean, really what we know now is they were setting the stage for the great reset and the great takeover and the whole, you know, COVID issue that has come around in the last two years. And for Bono, maybe he was, you know, selling iPods at the time. Uh-huh. I, I don't remember. Uh-huh. <laughs> but. Well, that's I mean, what, that's, why was he person of the year? Because of his charitable work? I guess. His, what his makes someone work? worthy of time person of the I year? I don't know. I mean, I mean, so, you know, what? what's his name? Elon Musk is, he's such a weird figure, right? Yeah. I mean, he's so, he's just a mishmash of inconsistencies, right? Uh, you hear him talk now about... You know, like, hey, you know, get government, get your hand out of my pocket, right? But it just a few years ago, he took millions or billions of dollars from the U.S. government to start Tesla. So, are you it, sure about it, that? Yeah. How did he get millions of bi- or what did you say? Millions? Yeah. I don't In know. what way? I, I don't know. I thought he made his money like he was an early PayPal guy. He he invested in PayPal or something. Uh, well, uh, PayPal. Yeah, I think yeah. he, I think so. And then when eBay bought PayPal, he had some huge payout. And then know. he started SpaceX and then Tesla. Uh, you look it up. You got your computer right there. I'll, 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 I'll vamp while you look <laughs> it up. Um, Elon got some kind of 
some kind of money from the government uh, at the beginning of his uh, skyrocketing career, which doesn't mean shit. I'm sure it was a legitimate program. I'm sure lots of other people have too. Um, but it's his, you know, it's his attitude down the road, right? Yeah, like, but government has also changed, well, and that's the, the the whole idea of the government-private citizen relationship has changed exponentially in the last right, five or ten years. Right. Well, I mean, it, I mean, a lot of people have a lot of questions about what he's doing, right? You know, one of the richest, arguably, depending what date is, the richest person in the world is that's a good way to all say his it. Money to get off the planet. <laughs> Who can blame him? Well, good riddance. I I I read this story that they they found a significant amount of water on Mars in this deep, deep valley that kind of looks like the Grand Canyon, actually. Oh, yeah? And uh, I couldn't tell. I don't think there's actual water now, but obviously... uh, Well, there's water on Mars. There are frozen... There are ice caps. Yeah, frozen deposits, and maybe that's what this was. But it looked like the Grand Canyon of water. No. And that, isn't that really the key to life, right? We need to if, – if Mars had water, the, it could sustain life. Is that what we're saying? Well uh, – Is that what we're trying I, to figure out? I think out? the radiation that is bombarding the surface of Mars uh, is still kind of a issue. they got to have radiation blankets or something you can wear. <laughs> the technology has well, to advance. I mean, you think he's got the boring company for no reason? He knows that when he goes to Mars, he's going to need – to technology, he's going to need to have access to technology that's going to dig a hole underground for him to live in. You, the only way to protect yourself from the radiation that's bombarding the surface of Mars is to get, I don't know, it could be a mile of dirt between you and the and the radiation. But if he figured it out, kudos to him. Well, yeah, I, I'm not an anti I know you like I'm Elon. Just, I'm just saying he's uh, he's a weird he's an odd guy. Right? He is an odd guy, but you need uh, the so society for a, of, for a lot of people. They would not think he deserves to be person of the year. I don't he, give a shit, really. <laughs> he um, also, and maybe it was I was reading about him when I saw that, and I'm not sure if it was in the Time article, but he also he takes the complete opposite stance that I do on population, where he's basically saying we don't have enough people and it's a yeah. threat an existential I've threat to our that. existence yeah. that we don't have enough people and i'm like that just seems the opposite of what our problem is <laughs> listen i i i don't want to i don't want to uh, suggest that you're incorrect about the population situation but i've heard his explanation of that it makes sense to me i mean the the deal is is that it it's oh, it's funny for us to talk about population control but you got to really be careful about that, right? But but and I know, and we're joking, yeah. and that's what we try yeah. to do. But the thing is, what does your T-shirt say? Eugenics forever. Wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what it says. I'm making that up. But um, the reality is that the to keep the train going, you you have to, of course, increase the population, and that really speaks to what we were talking about a minute ago with. You know, the the economy in this country and our consumption problem, if you want to call it that, and and the way our economy is set up, the the only reason you need people is to support that type of structure. And so it begs the question, is that the most viable and sustainable structure for humanity in the future? If we're really – this is the way I view it. If we're truly killing the planet, which maybe we are, maybe we aren't. Maybe we're we're contributing to it, but I'm talking about all the discussion about climate change and everything else. If we're truly killing the planet and we're robbing it of its resources and we're trying to slow that down, wouldn't it be easier to do it with fewer people? I don't know. I I, 
I think that the maybe sometimes when you tackle a question like that, it's it's the perspective that you know is makes it hard to answer. So, is the real issue for me? The real issue is: is this true or not true? We have put so much carbon into the atmosphere that it's causing these very dilatorious effects on on the climate. <clears throat> if that is in fact true, and I think that's very easily determined, then the obvious answer is to start figuring out how to get carbon well, out. Well, of, no doubt, out of the, because we already did it. But I, but and I don't disagree with that. I think that is. Unless well, you're, but the way to get carbon out is not to stop everything. And, I get it, but right? but the truth is, it's 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 not just the amount of carbon that we have extrapolated and put into the atmosphere. Uh-huh. It's the rate at which we have done it. I mean, again, I'm not a scientist, but if we take the same amount of carbon that we now know in the last 200 years that we've put into the atmosphere, and we didn't do it in that 200-year period, we did it over a 2,000-year period, right. would the results be the same? Well, yeah, uh, maybe. But, but would we yeah. have more time to figure out, hey, to slow it down before it got to this problem? If blue was black, it wouldn't be blue. <laughs> I mean, what can you say? I, I don't – I mean, <laughs> I think that the fact is we have put that amount of carbon in. And I don't know that – I don't think the answer to this is somehow trying to figure out how to drastically reduce the amount of carbon that is entering into the atmosphere. The The idea is to become carbon neutral. And so, yes, you could stop everything, all industry, all combustion engines, all And, of everything. course, I don't advocate that. Yeah, no, and I don't either. Uh, and that would definitely cause a reduction in the amount of carbon going in. But it won't do shit to take the carbon that's already there out. Right. That shit is already there. We've exactly. already crossed that line. And, and it doesn't make sense anyway. There's no actual practical mentality to to that kind of thinking so we need to figure out how to extract carbon how to reduce carbon through technology i don't disagree but doesn't it make it harder and i'm beating a dead horse here doesn't it make it harder to do that when there are more and more people pumping more carbon out it does but reducing the number of people is not is is also not a viable i understand and i'm not i'm not saying we should round people up and Put them to to the eternal sleep. <laughs> oh my god! But I was surprised to hear Elon say that. I was surprised to hear that. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, let's assume he's thought it through. He's a lot smarter than I am. But um, I'm glad and, you didn't say he's a lot smarter than I am. But just you are. He's a lot smarter than me. I, I don't know if he's smarter than you. <laughs> Thank you. I don't. I don't know that at all. <laughs> um, uh, he. He has a different way of looking at things, so you got to give him credit for that. Of course, I mean, the guy's the guy has figured out how to put his ass in space. That's a pretty big accomplishment. Should he be putting his ass in space? Should Bezos? Should any of these guys? That's a whole different. Question. Well, that's not for anybody to say. I you know what what one man wants to do, what <laughs> what one person's well, dream is. I mean, here's a here's a mistake that we're making as a society. We're moving toward this um, way of of dealing with problems, both real and imagined or real and future. And we're getting to a mindset where, hey, you know, we'll let the billionaires, you know, take care of this. And that's a mistake. I like how you say that, though, because you say that word a lot, the word let. Yeah. You say it with politicians. You say it with Trump. You know, we let this happen. We let that happen. But I think it's and I always key in when you say it. Because that that has a lot of 
that assumes a lot in that word that there's some type of mechanism that was that broke down there was a failure in the in the control that we we let some failure happen and and the well, billionaires the, took over the failure is that instead of tackling huge engineering problems as americans right as our society as humans what whatever group you want to break it down into we're all kind of like, hey, just let me um, do my consumer thing and let the billionaires f- take care of it. Right? Yeah, but the billionaires are only billionaires because they created something that that became extremely valuable. And then I think what your point is, is what did they do with their wealth ultimately to influence well, the yeah, progress well, of humanity? Look, I don't have any problem with Elon Musk trying to solve a problem or Bill Gates trying to in malaria, you know, worldwide. But is that the smartest way for us to go about problem solving? I mean, you know, <laughs> is it wise to depend on one billionaire to eradicate m- Malaria. I mean, wouldn't that be a problem better tackled by larger organizations, right? Well, I don't know. I mean, ultimately, it here's see here's the way I think. And and when you talk about you know these billionaire uh, creative guys like Elon Musk and and Bezos, uh-huh. Bezos, Bezos, whatever the fuck his Bezos. name is, <laughs> I can never get his name right. They're yeah. like crazy eccentric, talented people. And I think humans in general, this is where I was kind of going with this, this whole space thing, is we're, we're, we're creative people and we're curious people. We want to understand the world around us. And when you start asking questions and you, and you think you know, philosophically, the answers don't seem to be found around us. So we want to look you know, farther and farther out. And, what, and for a lot of guys, a lot of, you know, a lot of that takes them to a world beyond what is in front of them, to, you know, and to, to these guys, this crop of billionaires into outer space. Well, I think I think the money has gotten so, so big for for this select handful of people that we're talking about. We're, we're talking about there's more than six or seven of these people that right. we're talking about doing this. Um, the money has gotten, you know, so big and, and that that for them i think that they start to kind of like hey i'm i'm just not patient enough to wait for other situations so i mean the problem is if if we're not tackling the big problems and we're letting individuals go after that and spend their gigantic the gigantic amount of wealth it would take to tackle a problem for one individual how much accumulated wealth does that individual have to have to take on a problem like eradicating malaria but maybe that's not where their talents are aligned i mean if if a guy like elon musk wants to build space rockets that's where his passion is and that's where he creatively, I'm just throwing this out there, yeah. is investing his mental capital well, how much, and, and how also much, his actual money. How much space shit do you think Elon's going to throw up into the orbit of the Earth? A lot. Yeah. Right? Yeah. As he, the reason why he is, I mean, I think there's some goal of his to go to Mars or something. That's fine. Which would be awesome. Great. Go. Get the fuck out of here. Put him in a, <laughs> put him in a capsule and shoot his ass He's your right guy. Now. But but here's the thing: as we let as we let him uh, acquire the means to put stuff into space, we lose control over things, right? Like, let's say he puts up forty thousand 
satellites between now and a, in, in a decade. A decade down the road, half of those go bad, but because he's doing this on his own and nobody has any regulatory or any control over it, if he decides to, let's say there's a change in technology, he decides to turn all of them off, right? Uh, we have no control. Well, why? That. Why do we get to have control? Well, because then our, our other, our other space goals could be. I mean, space trash sounds like a like a silly thing, but but they've had to move the International Space Station like six times this year to avoid being punctured by space trash from. Mostly from Chinese satellites that they've managed to blow up. Russia just blew up a satellite and one of their own, right? And left the debris up there to, and you know they had to move the fucking space station. I know, but see, here's the interesting thing, and I get what you're saying, but Elon, he's he's his he's here in the U.S. I don't know if he's a U.S. citizen. He's South African native, but. Nonetheless, his business entities are here in the U.S. So he's he's sourcing material, he's assembling these rockets in the U.S., uh-huh. and then he's launching them. So the the natural control, if you will, would come from the United States. But then, really, philosophically, you, you got to ask bigger questions like, who owns space? He could easily align with, say, Russia or China. They would welcome him for his technology. He would launch out of their skies, and then you get into space, and it's all of our same space. <laughs> and I get what you're saying, like. Imagine this. He has 40 satellites he puts up there. And then, because he's noticeable, he starts communicating with the aliens. Yeah. He's now, he's now, the aliens can now reach human contact because of Elon's 40 did you, satellites. Did you have your athletic greens this morning? <laughs> I a, did, actually. A product. Do you use I that? take that. Okay. Yes, I do. Every day yeah, after training. That. Um, uh, uh, and with that, did you take any drugs that we should know about? So, <laughs> Not that I can tell you. Okay, so it's all good. that's all good. I mean, and one interesting thing about um, about these these billionaires that we're talking about, these are Americans for the most part. Well, Branson is British. They're British. Elon is South African. Western. You know, here's the thing. Or is he Australian? I think he's British. Who, who Branson? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Is it British Airlines or Australian Airlines? Uh, what is he? No, it's um, Virgin. Virgin, but oh, I think yeah, he, I right. think he's a British guy. So anyway, most of those guys do, which not, is the opposite of yeah, they, uh, Epstein. <laughs> not a virgin. They will not align themselves with China or Russia, no matter what we do, because for a guy like Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos, in if he was aligned with say China and under their thumb, for a guy like that. He's in the United States. He's working in the United States in the Western world. And there are laws. These are countries that operate on the rule of law. And so there are laws that protect his his autonomy, right, to some degree. Yeah, we may regulate something he does. But but if you're Jack Ma in China, who's easily as rich as, as or close to Bezos or, or uh, Elon. The Alibaba guy. Yeah, the Alibaba guy. I mean – you're on top of the world. You've got all the money you could possibly. You're, but then you get a phone call one day, and it's all over. You're gone. Your shit's gone, and you're done. But that speaks to what you said about letting and controlling. So the Chinese government could tell Jack Ma, "Hey, you're not going to build this rocket. You're not going to launch it." Right. And they could control that coming out of the landmass known as China. Right. But he could launch it from anywhere else, and then be up in space. And once you're there, you're there. <laughs> 
You know what I mean? Uh, it's called the International I, I, Space Station for a reason, because once you get into space, it's, all bets are off. I, I get I mean, and ideally, that's how we would look at it. So, I mean, you know, I think what it, my only thought about space was that right now we are allowing the space around the Earth to become extremely littered with shit. And I know. although it's not much of a problem right now, um, it you know, it can it can become a problem. And it's just it's just symptomatic of how we do things. Right. It, it is exactly. And where do you draw the line? Like, do we need all these satellites so we can have high definition TV and be entertained in our miserable lives and watch sporting events? I mean, where do you draw the line? <laughs> well, we we need we need large uh, we need large ring uh, planets up there. <laughs> it's a great science fiction uh, genre. Uh, there's books called the ring books and, you know, um, you have to look, what is it? Um, Elysium, I think is the name of the science fiction, uh, movie Mm. where, where 20% of the earth's pop that the richest 20% of the earth's population moves up to a, a ring planet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, isn't there like a a movie about that in the early two thousands? Yeah. I think it's called Elysium. Oh, there's like 10 of them. I don't know. What's the dude? Uh, he's a famous actor. It's like, yeah, it's Damon or um, or one of those guys. I'm th- it's uh, fuck. What is his name? Is it John Cusack? John Cusack. Yeah, that could be Elysium too. I for- I don't think that's the name of it, but he's you know there's like the Russian billionaire, and everyone's got like a golden ticket to get on this spacecraft. Yeah, and, and then restart used to society get up there for, because there's some med tech up there that's not available on Earth, and so. These guys go up there to try to access that, and you know, there's a huge military force up there that they think could keep everybody off. But I mean, it's it's all great science fiction stuff. But but I mean, is that really is that really is that our plan B? Well, I mean, planet. I don't know. But think about this, and and you're right in the sense. And when we talk all the way down at the you know grassroots local level politics that affect our day to day lives. I like when we talk about things like what are the biggest problems that we need to solve right now? And again, you know, so lately we've been talking about the Texas abortion thing. Yeah. Is that really the major fucking issue that we need to solve? And of well, that's course, the a great, an- that's a great question, I think. Um, and the answer is no. And when it when it comes to, say, you better, you better expound on that. a little bit. The answer is no. That's not something that needs to be addressed. That's not a problem uh, of society that humans by way of you know, elected officials and people in the courts need to stop other humans from having babies. That's just fucking ridiculous. Well, okay. Yeah. I mean, so, but here's here. So that, that's a really, so that's kind of a mixed up thing right there. So when you said that, I thought you were saying, Hey, the, the, the problems associated with Mississippi and Texas, for instance, trying to, you know, overturn Roe versus Wade or, you know, whatever, get around it or, game the system that's not important enough to to stop everything and deal with no 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 it is and let's we'll get to that in a okay. second but what i really mean is take take these two kind of unrelated topics space exploration and abortion uh issues here in the united states they're they're so diametrically opposed <laughs> is this going to end up with space abortions <laughs> is that where you're going <laughs> it might to get an abortion Listen, it's going to go all the way uh, back. We have found water on Mars. So you can go and live there. You can wash up. You can wash Mars up after the and you can have your abortion safely. And then Elon so will sorry, build the boring I'm so tunnel sorry. <laughs> and bring you back to Earth safely. 
I don't know if this is a subject that we should. I mean, we are making. Let me try to articulate in this way. Let me let me shut up. What I'm really saying (laughs) is, it makes more sense to me, anyway, in my brain, Uh logically, why people would want to continue with space exploration and understand the unknown worlds around us outside of this planet. That, to me, whether they're billionaires or not. I don't blame the billionaires for wanting to do that. It makes it's natural to me to have that curiosity. On the other hand, I think the 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 flaws are with the the humans down here in Texas and Mississippi who are who are sitting by their fire at night and saying, "You know what we really need to fix in this society? Yeah. There's fucking abortions that are happening and that's against Jesus and we need to put a stop against to that right now." That to me is fucking ridiculous. Well, should Bezos or Elon Musk or the guy from Oracle or whoever else names I don't actually know, should they not be channeling their massive resources to write something as wrong as the as the move by Republicans and conservatives in this country to, to, to eliminate abortion, to stop people from making that choice on their own? Should that not be... It, it would not the fight against that, the resources that they could provide to that fight, would that yeah. not be more important than fucked hard going up well, in that, space? That's what, yeah, and I think that's an interesting way to look at it. So in other words, you're saying, hey, you've got all this, this time, money, and resources, and talent that you are directing towards, in this case, space exploration. But if you could only break off a fraction of that and apply it in whatever ways you can to solve these other well, problems Well, that was the next here. thing I was going to say. Most likely for... Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos, the amount of resources it would take to effectively fight the fight to correct this abortion nonsense coming from the conservatives would only be a fraction of what they're going to spend. How can they do it, though? Why are they not doing it? Well, what can they do? They can provide the money to fight the political fight to to stop this. But where do you where do you literally take that money and invest it to where it it? It's a tool to fight you know, that fight. Go to the state governments that are in the 20 some odd states that are going to do this. And you also go to you take that money to the fucking Senate right now and use it to. How do you use it, though? You get them to take up voting rights. And, are you and, talking about literally? I don't think this is what you're saying. Buy out, the you know, pay them off. Listen, it takes <laughs> I don't care what the fight is. There are no political fights that get one on on good intentions. It's I understand. It's all money, right? It's all resources. But the mechanism is is like if you're Elon and you break off a billion dollars, maybe that's not enough. I don't know. You, you but, take a billion dollars and fund political campaigns in 20 states for state legislate for Democratic state legislators to go and change the state laws and stop making these anti-abortion laws in in backwaters like why Texas can't they, and Mississippi. And I get and I'm there with you and I'm yeah. playing devil's advocate. Okay. But the truth is I want a chance to explain this. Well that can, that can be done now anyway without the money because the truth is we're not really like I said paying off the the senators and the elected officials to to, to vote a certain way or whatever, they have the power now, they have the voices now, they have the votes now to affect change. Why aren't they doing it? The billionaires? No, no, the people within those states. In other words, you take a billion dollars, you dump it into Texas. Let's pick Texas. Yeah. You dump it into Texas. How does that get you from A to B? Because you, what you're basically saying is you need this grassroots campaign, you need messaging, you need to convince people that this is a bad idea 
and you need to undo this flawed logic. That's what we're saying. But this really just comes down to voices speaking up and saying this is what needs to change. Right, but to hear those voices, you need money. How would they hear them, though? Well, because political campaigns, elections, people running for office, unseating Republicans, right, in, 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 in states that are passing anti-abortion laws so that you can turn that state legislature blue, right? That takes money. That's all it takes. I know. I wish there was a way you could affect change without turning it blue. It's my least favorite <laughs> color on the color well, spectrum. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, here's the thing. I got bad news for you. The other party that, that is involved, you know, overturning Roe versus Wade, stopping abortion, stopping people from having the right to, to get an abortion has been their political agenda for 20, 50 years, actually, right? And so, yeah, you, there's no way to stop that except to replace the, 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 the those Republicans that are in state governments. And, and as far as I'm concerned, replace the Republicans that are in federal seats, right? You need, look, Folks, I don't care whether your thing is, are you as passionate about this anti-abortion stuff as I am? Why do I even care? I'm not having a baby anytime soon. I'm not going to need an abortion. But it's just the right and wrong of it, right? And and so rather your thing is you want to fix the abortion situation, you want voting rights to be reinstated in these red states, you want a federal, you know, a voting rights bill, it, that you just we need to concentrate resources in the right places in the in the political races in the state races in the senate races to put people in those positions that will that will do those things right and i i know that travis is not going to like this but if you if you want gun laws changed then you have to provide the resources to put people into political seats that will that will push that agenda. And that's an that's a interesting uh, tee-up because I, you're not necessarily going to die on the hill of gun control. I know not that. Me, and we don't talk a lot about California politics because, you know, the supermajority of the Democrats in California really has fucked things up too. Yeah. But if, if an idea is bad, if the logic is bad, then then that should carry through no matter where you apply it. And this fucking guy, Newsom, is now saying, I'm sure you've seen this story, where he's saying if if the Supreme Court's not going to interfere, intervene with Texas, we're going to apply the yeah. same logic with gun control, and we're going to make we're going to give the citizens of California legal standing to sue people, right? You know, exactly, which is ridiculous, and it's ridiculous it? because of course it is. Well, okay, let me. It has to if, be if we are going to let Texas do but, that but, with abortion, which we are, and we shouldn't, but we are. Well, we. It's we in the sense of not you and I, but what's happening in this country <laughs> is that currently it's not stopping. So, yes. Well, I mean, this. But that's I mean, not the, the answer is it needs to do be I stopped. Do some even cares about gun control? I, I don't. Oh, he's, he does. He's a he's a, a an opportunistic politician. Right. Yes. So, um, you know, there's there's no downside for him on this. Would they do it? I think this is a way for the most 
powerfully Democratic state in the union for the Democrats in that state to make a point to the brain-dead conservatives that are allowing this to happen. And the the brain-dead motherfuckers on the Supreme Court that are letting this happen. Yeah, and, and that's why I think it's important because that is the messaging that resonated with me. And if that is, I mean, listen, number one, I don't think that, that Newsom could even get that through. I mean, I'm no scholar, I'm no constitutional scholar, but I don't think that could happen. In this state? Yeah, because because gun control, again, it's nuanced, but that's in the Constitution and abortion isn't. So that that would be a tough one, I think, to just snap your fingers and apply. But the truth is— <laughs> Right to privacy is in the Constitution. Yeah, we need to have more privacy. Well, Roe versus Wade and abortion rights is a constitutional issue— and that's been proven because the fucking Supreme Court keeps sticking their nose into it instead of letting the lower courts make the correct decisions that they always make. But the truth is, go all the way back to Texas. Yeah. What's happening there should not be allowed to happen because it's wrong. That mechanism. It, that mechanism. Bounty so hunting. if it's wrong there, it's wrong to apply it with gun control in California. It's right. just wrong. Right. But this is the. No, it's but, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I got you. <laughs> I agree. Um, yeah, so let's see. I mean, my hope is not that Newsom manages to pass, you know, draconian gun control laws in California. My hope is that this somehow makes a point with people in, in the legislature or somebody steps in and says, okay, enough of this. We cannot yeah, allow that would be a good to step result. In. Yeah, we cannot allow them to use this. We need to outlaw this mechanism. One way or the other, however you do that. Yeah, I agree. Right. So, and if and, you know, and I'm not hearing anything that that Look, is the intended want, purpose. But uh, if that's, well, that's the, out, the that's it, the intended purpose of Newsom doing that is to is to demonstrate how wrong that is in Texas. It's wrong for abortion, but if you're going to allow it if, to, to be used against abortion, then then you are also going to end up allowing it to be used against guns. And if or he follows rights. if he follows through on that, that is, in my opinion, a a domino of bad shit that's going to happen after that. Yeah, well, because of that flawed logic, it will be his fault. It that will be his. That fault. will be their fault. That will be these idiots in the Supreme Court. We're going to assign him a little fault. <laughs> Give him a little fault. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, so I mean, I don't know. I mean, that we don't know yet where the Supreme Court they have managed to um, just. Uh, I don't know. You think this is political theater, like a good movie? This is the, uh, what do you call it, the climax? Warren put a bill up today. You hear about this? No. What is this bill? He's going to add more people to the Supreme Court. That's bad, too. Come on. Why can't we get this done with good, solid thinking and not apply bad logic? Because because the the Republican Party and the Republicans in general, the conservatives— they are fine to do whatever whack, you know, batshit crazy shit like this law in Texas, right? And say, well, we're going to do it and because it's justified because this is abortion and blah, 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 right? And then they're, they're not going to want to accept the, the consequences for it. I know, but listen, this bears— Because, because conservatives don't want anybody to have consequences for anything. They want to do their— right-wing conservative shit with no consequences. And that's just not how it works. But listen, this bears repeating. I said this to you last week with the Supreme Court. If you put more justices on the court, let's say this was done sometime in the past, and right now 
we had this abortion issue, and instead of nine justices, we had pick a number, 15, and they were mostly conservative, you would never get it through. I mean, right now we're talking about convincing, you know, the. It, I'm going to go with you on this. We're, we're going to talk about the extreme right conservative justices and the extreme left. Maybe Three there's to a. Three to five, right? Or, or may, four to five. Yes. Know? Five, six five, to three. And the, let's say that there's extremes on both ends, and there's a couple in the middle that can make sound judgment with, you know, and make good decisions based on sound law and, and whatever evidence is in front of them. Let's assume for a second that can happen. If you expand the court and now there's 15 people to convince you've got extreme majorities on the other side, will you ever strike a balance in the middle? And, and, it, and we've talked about, you know, the, the, the lifespan, you know, uh, serving as a justice yeah. for life. And I just think that that is bad policy. I'm not, Look, I'm going to glitch off the hook here. Thank I'm you. not particularly favor expanding <laughs> the court right now. Um, I think other avenues should be pursued regarding term limits for justices and things like that because I don't care what the ratio is or what the number is. The same thing can happen, right? So if you have 15 justices on there, it can be, you know, it could be five to ten and that would be an insurmountable amount of conservatives that's what i'm saying right so i I agree with all that i think that the problem is that we're looking at a very politically slanted supreme court for a very long period of time that's i mean in the in the short term we have the things like disabortion uh adjudication they're working on right now both texas and mississippi um, or their lack of, of doing what they should do. That's one thing in the short term. But in the long term, we, we need to, do we want this conservative majority to exist for 50 years? Uh, is that something we want? And we probably don't want that. Even if you're conservative, you probably don't really want that. And even if you're conservative now and you're dead down the road, <laughs> you've got to think about the long-term consequences where do we want the highest court in the land? What kind of decisions do we want to see come out of that court? And in the very short term here, we're seeing, I mean, I was hoping for the best, that mm-hmm. that the conservative justices that have been there as a result of Trump and, and the shenanigans from the Senate during the last year of Obama's presidency that they would moderate and and we would be able to live with it you know because hey we've had a long time of liberal of a liberally slanted court so is it that terrible that we might have a time with a conservatively slanted court unfortunately they have already demonstrated just in this roe versus wade situation just in the mississippi and the texas that they are too politically um corrupted already that we these people are way too dogmatic and way too conservative, and they're not going to make moderated decisions. And so, well, let's hope that's now wrong. We have to deal. We with don't. That. We don't know yet, right? What? Because these things aren't final. Let me let me throw this out. You know my motto: the best indication. <laughs> yeah, I of understand. Future, I understand. Future behavior is past the performance. Go ahead. Let me throw this at you. You said something last week that. You know, I I assumed I knew, but um, it's an interesting take. And of course, the Supreme Court's only purpose is to rule on constitutional law. What is constitutional and right. what is not? But am I correct that they're not? They're responding. They're they're reactionary, right? So they react to and respond to cases that are brought before them. That the sole purpose is to prove or disprove whether or not 
that particular case is constitutional. So what if the court in this country, hypothetically, I'm just throwing this out there, was more offensive? And as times advance and we modernize, they apply this 200 and almost 50 year old document and they and they look at modern times and say, what is happening in the world right now legally in this country that is against or aligned with the Constitution? Yeah. And therefore, the, the idea is I'm throwing this out there that you would get on the front side of things like this in Texas and and be able to affect change before bad shit happens. Well, and, and specifically, let me just sum it up by saying yeah. this. What what it what seems to me like what's happening is the Supreme Court, maybe for political reasons, I'll give you that. I don't know yet. Maybe for political reasons, they're looking for loopholes as a way to to remove themselves. Like wasn't it Kavanaugh who said uh, we could remain neutral? They're looking for political loopholes to to not have to make a decision for whatever reason, rather than being on the offense and saying, "Hey, what is happening here is in direct conflict with." with the laws of the land and therefore it can't happen. That's a mouthful. Does it make sense? Yeah. Well, I, I think I know what you're saying, but so the way I see it is that when the Texas law uh, went into effect, the, the Supreme court, so that was the Texas law is in direct conflict with the Roe versus Wade decision, 50 years of, of settled law and stare decisis, right? Which is where, hey, you don't you don't take up the 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 criteria to take up a case that involves settled law, past decisions by the Supreme Court. That's a really high bar. They not only did they not show in any way that that bar had been met by the people bringing the the Texas. Because the Texas law had been struck down by the circuit court. But so let me interject here. Is that this uh, internal disease, the stomach disease that you just mentioned? Sorry, decisis. Is that essentially what they're saying is, hey, uh, we're not going to hear it because it's considered settled no. law. Therefore, Texas can do whatever you want. No, they heard it. They've already, they've already, they took it up. For Texas? No, they haven't. They haven't. So, okay, let me, let me go back. Yes. Um, are you going back or are you circling back? No, let me, yeah, let me circle back. Okay. Um, always circle back. <laughs> so in Texas, okay, they passed a law <clears throat> that that the court should have ruled was unconstitutional, okay, because that law circumvents Roe versus Wade, which establishes the right for for women that to choose to have an abortion. Prior to unencumbered by lawsuits brought against you, right? Exactly. Yes. So they they did not take it up, and they have not taken it up, and it and they did not instruct the the that state to right. Decease. That's this what I mean. They've they've abstained basically. Yeah. So the the lower court already ruled that it was not you know that it was illegal and so the only so when that state decides not to comply with the the court ruling then it goes to the supreme court and they have refused to weigh in on it that's my point and by so doing they have allowed it to to happen so what if like i was trying to say they well, that's they, because they monitor then they want yeah, it to but, happen that's a, i mean listen you can't 
I understand why you well, say that. I can understand the basic principles of what the Supreme Court's supposed to do, but they don't seem to be able to. Because but the truth is, like, we're the, not taking this up, right? And that's to me is the real issue. And and again, maybe for political reasons, maybe for corrupt reasons, the maybe for religious reasons, maybe for all those reasons. But the truth is, if I'm understanding this correctly, they've not heard this case. Well, yeah, that is true. But along with that, they have not taken the one step they could take and tell Texas that you cannot put this law, allow this law to be in effect. And they could have. They could have. They didn't have to hear the case. So they, and how, what's they that? They could have just said, they could have just issued an injunction and said, hey, this law is unconstitutional. We've already decided this. So you know how we talked a lot about during the Trump era that he, especially early on, he'd make these executive decisions like travel bans or whatever, and then you'd hear from these random obscure federal judges that could stop that somehow? You know, those stories that we talked about? Yeah. How come there's no federal judge somewhere else in some other circuit that can't just do the same thing with Texas and put a stop to it and say that's illegal? Because Texas, Texas, they brought this to the Supreme Court. But the court didn't hear it. They have defied the court. There is a court that can stop it. They have stopped it, and Texas is defying. And when Texas defies the lower court ruling, the Supreme Court has to step in and make it stop. And they're not doing that. I understand that. But why is that the only mechanism? Where are these other courts that we've heard about all during the Trump era that okay. would stop crazy shit from happening? Because the the court that stopped the travel ban, right, the, whoever the people were that were against the travel ban did not feel they were going to overturn it in the Supreme Court. So that was the last word. Okay, travel ban's overturned. Supreme Court is not taking it, and that's it. The, you, if you if you defy the, the lower court, then you're in contempt. So whoever you are that is doing that, right? So I just wish there was a way to, for lack of a better way of describing it, force the court to hear it. Because, see, in, in, in this, in my opinion, this is allowing them to, you know, get off scot-free and not show their hand. Like, force Kavanaugh, force Barrett to make a decision, because we would know at that point, right? We would know which justices ruled yeah. in favor and which ones would rule against you know, it. And, and I'm going to, I'm just going to backpedal a little bit here because it, it gets confusing without having all this in front of me. The Mississippi case that is now that was heard by the Supreme Court, we heard oral arguments and is now under um, what is the well, I don't even know what they call it, but we're supposed to hear the decision come next June. Yeah. That case was that law was stopped by a lower court. So that's 100 percent. I'm sure about that. How is that? That's what I'm trying no, no, to get it's at. Not the, I don't think it's the same in Texas. Okay. That case was was you know the Mississippi passed that law and the and the circuit court said yeah that's illegal you cannot do that and because it's in conflict with Roe versus Wade. In other words, what they tried to do was a direct challenge to Roe v. Wade versus what Texas did was provide some legal standing to the citizens that got you to the same end result right. but a different way. Right, and the Justice Department asked the Supreme Court. How dumb of Mississippi. <laughs> you well, should just copy Texas. Well, um, well, this is a, you know, this is a multi-front coordinated st strategic situation. I mean, it's not happening in Mississippi and Texas, you know, separately, right? This is all coordinated by the Republican Party.
And that's what you keep saying. By the RNC. This is their national strategy, right? They're not hiding it. It's all over there. I mean, you can... You can find that substantiation anywhere you want. But at any rate, I think the Texas thing gets confusing because of the the way they did that. There's no direct there's no direct attack on Roe versus Wade. The question is this 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 Texas mechanism, the let's just call it the vigilante aspect of the Texas law. And that is not something the Supreme Court has has opted to hear. So there is no lower court ruling on whether Texas can make can stop abortions at six weeks. Then there's no lower court ruling on their state law that they can empower citizens and, and pay a bounty and have the vigilante aspect of this. So, sorry, I think I got those things confused. So it, there's definitely a lower court case involved in Mississippi, and that is why the Supreme Court has to hear that because it went to the Supreme Court to to make a ruling. And because of that, they heard oral arguments regarding the, the legality of Roe versus Wade. Go all the way back to the billionaire intervention concept that you were yeah. that you were talking about. The other thing that really kind of just boggles my mind is ultimately, from what I'm seeing, there has not been an uprising from the citizens in Texas or in Mississippi. And like I always say, of course, with COVID and restrictions and everything else, there are more of us than there are of them. There are always more of the people than there are of the authority. So is this repre- here's my question is this representative of the will of the people in those states is that why you're not seeing you know and yes there are people protesting but is that why you're not seeing a complete you know people demanding that this be changed and so the second what you thought fall- was going to happen Yes, and exactly what I said. And would the influence of billionaires really do anything? Because if it dumped the money into those states, would they just say, hey, thanks for the money, but this is what we want anyway? Um, Who knows what the majority of people in Texas and Mississippi want? Um, And that's not really the question, right? These are state laws that are being promulgated in direct conflict with federal I understand constitutional Supreme Court decisions, right? But if the people in those rights. states didn't want this, then you would think they could affect change. Uh, no, here's the problem: the, the, there is a majority of people that do not want this, but they're not necessarily located in those two states. Right, I agree with that, right. and so this really goes back to my but point: states do not have the right. To uh, I agree with you. To, yes, okay, I'm with you. All right, but is it is it fair to suggest then? Are we are we are we suggesting and implying that the citizens within those states are for this? This is a this is a constitutional. I understand. Right. Well, then it has nothing to do with the states. It does because I don't disagree with you. I don't uh-huh. disagree that it, it can and should be changed w- without the um, help of those states, without the commitment of the people within those states to do it. I totally get that, uh-huh. and I do believe that. The majority of the citizens of this country are opposed to this, regardless of what the people in those states think. Okay. I'm just trying to get a pulse on what the fuck is happening locally. Are these people for this? Is that why you're not seeing? They may be. They may literally... be. Literally. I mean, look at the two states we're talking about. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, I don't want to continually bash people that live in these southern states, but this, this is who they are. 
and they will take this right away on a national basis based on their personal religious nonsense. And that's a problem. You know, the right to an abortion was established in Roe versus Wade 50 years ago, reestablished 20 years ago in the Casey uh, challenge. Casey Kasem? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I just, you know what? I don't know the details on that case, but it came and went. And so you have two situations uh, where this, where, where, where the right to an abortion, the constitutional right to an abortion was reaffirmed by the Supreme Court twice. The fact that they have taken it up now in, in conflict with stare decisis, which is the legal doctrine that they are that they are supposed to be guided by, and that is only can only be an indication of one thing: that there are enough people on that court now that. Even in view of the two times it's been challenged and upheld and stare decisis because of their own personal views on abortion have decided to hear the case. The mere fact that they decided to take this case up instead of saying, hey, we're not hearing this case. This is established law. Stare decisis. We're not hearing this. You're, but because they did decide, that's, that tells you everything you need to know about the current makeup of this court. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm not disagreeing with you, but I'm really trying to get it's, to the root of how you get this changed. In other words, I'd be willing to bet okay, that the, that the right. people in Texas, I gotcha. if you tried to take away guns, would say that's not constitutional. And they would rely on what they believe is their constitutional right. right. But similarly, we've we've just been discussing, as we have right. for the last several weeks, uh -huh. that this the abortion rights and have, have... And now Texas has figured out a way to game the system. I know that. So what the citizens right. really need is a re-education. Who? Texans? Yes. Texans and educate in the same terms? <laughs> Come on. Let's get real. Let's not be ridiculous. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> Which is really the problem, isn't it? <laughs> well, um, so you asked me before, what about that billionaire thing? How could they yeah. affect this, right? So let me give you an example of a billionaire, a substantial billionaire, who is spending a substantial part of his fortune, and you're going to hate this, but Mike Bloomberg is spending a substantial part of his amassed wealth to support political organizations that will put candidates in local races and support them in a manner that will allow them to win those races and that will overturn gun laws. We should tax the shit out of him. State. But, but I am in favor now of wealth confiscation. <laughs> <laughs> well, kidding. I mean, I got a couple of questions. Were you aware of that? No, I wasn't. Okay, so it's it's some organizations called Neighborhoods or something. Anyway, that's how a billionaire can use that, at, at least some portion. Uh, I don't think he's devoting every penny he has so that he's living in a homeless shelter somewhere, but he is devoting some portion of his— It'll be a small shelter <laughs> if he needs shelter. one. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's how it works. I mean, Mike Bloomfield, not not particularly Bloomberg. a Bloomberg, yeah, not not particularly a fan of him being the president. Of the I'm Jewish States. all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is it, Bloomberg? Right. Yeah. Uh, so, Mike Bloomberg is is using his, part of his amassed wealth, uh, and he's a, he's a billionaire on a scale of you know uh, all these other guys we've been talking about to 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 fight this battle which is, you know, 
I think you got to say that gun control is definitely a democratic, you know, um, uh, goal, right? And so, uh, I mean, I wish he was using that money not to not to not to fight for gun control, but to fight for a voter a national voting yeah rights that, bill. Ex- and that's what I was trying to get at with the space conversation and abortion rights or whatever it is. It's almost as if if we could somehow moderate politics in this country where each side could like knock off the board something that the other side really wants to get through and really kind of come down to the core of what's important in 2021 almost 2022 if you can believe it that that's what we're up against that the single most important thing is abortion from the right of course that's not and gun control on the left of course it's not so i'm imagining kind of like this arbiter somehow in this political gamesmanship it's called or, a dictator that's what you're well but which i would volunteer to be i would i would accept that position and i would gladly step down after of course three thousand successful terms <laughs> oh that's where the rubber but you have a list of the limits. shit on the right and a list of the yeah. shit on the left and each side gets like three or four vetoes well that's because you and i have a bunch of common sense that's not involved in the real world of politics right so i am for me i am no fan of chucking the system or chucking you like the system the well i mean for my money the the the, the american two-party political system the american political system it works good you do realize that you either have to accept a third party or we're going to lose the union you know that you can have a third party i'm okay with that it's just i mean i don't see it yet right it's coming well it's it's fine but where is it in 2024 come on yang it'll be here in 24 we'll we'll see it may be it may be the ford party it could be something else it's got to be this is not working this two-party system is not working it won't be the libertarians I well, I mean, me is it going to be loud. Yang? Well, I mean, it could, in the sense that, do I know the answer to that I don't? But do I have a strong opinion about that? I, I don't think it'll be him. But I'm encouraged to see people like uh, like him put out ideas for alternative perspectives on how the political system should perform. Right. His he's not anti right or anti left. He's pro fix the fucking problems, right? And that's all good, but it has to be pro fix the problems with less government intervention. Government is the problem, like I always say. Well, so any solution that requires the government to be the one to solve it, you want that's the you, problem. You want the third party to be some reworked version of the Republican Party. No, I don't. That's more libertarian. That's not going to happen. That's not going to solve the problem. It will solve the problem. Because here's here's the way you do it. There's too many, there's too much (laughs) minutia. There's too much bullshit. You got to, you got to strip it all away. Either strip it all away or, or, or start from the ground up and say, what is it that's really important? Does this need to be a law? Does this need to be a thing? No, of course not. When you say strip it all away and start from the ground up, let me interject that neither of us are speaking of some type of seditious revolution that would overthrow the government. That's what you were telling me before we came on. No, today. it wasn't. <laughs> oh, it's not. <laughs> Hello, CIA. I'm not saying overthrow the government. Okay. I'm saying government needs to clear. government needs to unpackage well, I mean, everything look, that we've built up over the last few hundred years. You can't why. just keep adding it. 
You keep painting over the same, you know, old structure. The paint's going to peel. Well, I mean, maybe. Sand it down. But, but listen, you have to work within the existing system and make the changes from within. Why do we have to do that? Well, because the alternative is chaos, like you're talking about. Well, but you have – when we go to Mars, I don't when think, Elon look, takes us to Mars and we start a new civilization, do you think we're going to take everything that we know now and build upon that? No, we're going to say, well, that was fucked up for the last I couple hundred know. years. Let's do something better. I think that we will take our accumulated knowledge and build off better on it. I mean, here's the thing. Uh, there's – you know – Go back, but humans have been grouping up in cities for what ten thousand years or something, and 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 we we almost know nothing about anything that happened two thousand years ago. And what do you mean? We know a lot. Well, we before two thousand, we know about some supposed nonsense that happened two two thousand <laughs> two thousand twenty one years ago. But but we don't really know a lot of details about about prior human civilizations, Mayans, Incans, Sumerians, even the Egyptians, we barely know. Well, here's what we know. We know that groups of people, all those you know, periods of time that you cited, were living in a way that they wanted to live, and ultimately their demise came from another group of people that wanted to force their beliefs on them, and it all ended in catastrophe. Well, possibly, and we, we also saw you know, gains and losses in knowledge over all of that history that now are not necessarily do not necessarily have to happen. Accumulated knowledge can now be preserved for much longer periods of time. And we can only hope that it is. I mean if we if we end up bombing ourselves into the Stone Age, that's a different story. But assuming that doesn't happen, you know, we take the accumulated knowledge and and I somehow maybe if I have any faith it's that we do learn from things, right? And the fact that some people don't agree with everything I say, I don't care. That's not, that's not, I'm not losing any sleep over that. Uh, there's a whole bunch of people. That, As am I. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of people that agree with everything I say. And I'm sure the same for you, too. Um, they're all, Most people. They're all at some libertarian <laughs> getaways. <laughs> but, but, I mean... You know, these are just ideas. It's not about how many people. It's not about numbers. It's about ideas and how do ideas, how do we go forward in our future history here and use the knowledge that we've accumulated. I'm I'm fairly optimistic that it can be done. I think climate change is going to be a catalyst to to crystallize some of these ideas because that's what happens when you put pressure on human beings, especially pressure regarding survival issues right right so i think that hey um, is there a reason why we didn't develop green technology in the 60s yeah because non-green technology cost nothing yeah it was cheap it was right. fast right and it so was available that's how it goes right right that's not going to be the case i mean you know gas is five bucks a gallon damn near in california i know and as california goes so does the rest of the country and so that alone is going to spur the change, right? I mean, nothing, I mean, and I don't care. I, I don't discount greed as a motivating factor, right? But is it greed or is it survival? I mean, we're going, things are going, things that weren't reasonable before will become reasonable. And we have to just be careful to not let, not let political perspectives get in the way of things like 
making good changes that will benefit the climate going forward so we can survive. It's not political. Just have to let go of some of that. And so, you know, Travis, I'm happy to see a third party. I'm, I am, what's the word? I am happy that to hear someone like uh, Yang talk about a third party, you know, that is not one side of this established aisle or the other. Um, if you're going to have, you know, maybe that will be the catalyst that that lets people, if people from both sides of the aisle flood into this center channel, this forward party or this third party that, that you think about, it's going to be great. Are they going to drag your outmoded ideas of what needs to come along with it, the smaller <laughs> government or less taxes? Who knows? But, well, here, but here's what I would do. It's going to be different. I would be satisfied if, and this is what I like about the third party movement, and the idea is, I would be satisfied, much like what you and I talk about on the podcast, which is idea-based um, momentum, tackling problems as they exist, independent of party ideology. Yeah. That is the problem. Well, when you're in a party, you're expected to join the party and, and move along and swim well, you know, with the stream of you know, the ideas in your party. It's that irrational group thing. As you've stated so many times, uh, it's things like um, uh, it's things like you know there are people down in the south that that think uh, the Confederate States of America still exist. I mean, there's just stupid shit going on. It's a big country, and that's what you as said. you say, there's nothing in the middle. Well, it, it, <laughs> there's no people in the middle. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I think that that we have to understand that there are diverse points of view spread around the country. Some of them are perverse, diverse uh, points of view, like anybody that thinks it's a good idea to fly the Confederate flag. That's just stupid, backward thinking. But we need to understand that not everybody is ever going to think alike. So we're going to take all of these diverse opinions. We're not going to split the country up. Hello. We're not. We might. Country. We might end up there. Well, I mean, we might grow lips and, and <laughs> we're hey, and fly uh, around like we're chickens. going to end up there if we don't get this third party <laughs> off the ground. Well, I mean, let's let's look at uh, let's look at the Yang Gang and see what they're proposing. Why um, do we think? I mean, this. I just read the other day the Libertarian Party is fifty years old. Just had its fiftieth birthday. Yeah, because they're, they're slow learners. Well, as I was say, they don't have a lot to show for that. <laughs> but why are we going to put all of our faith in Yang, who's kind of new? Well, I, Johnny, come lately. Oh, I'm, your third party is going to be the one that, that just, fixes all I, of our problems. I'm saying, give him a chance, right? Give give him his ideas, because what little I've heard about it up to this point sounds like ideas that are in the right direction, that are going in the direction we've talked about so many times much less partisan on a on a liberal conservative type basis those are just titles they they're not even real things let right? me do you one further go, go back to my uh, population control i don't want to say control you said control but population <laughs> okay. issues yeah don't you think it's easier to govern and i i like your point about you know diversity of opinions and it comes down to what do you do with those opinions and how do you make change and, and apply it to uh -huh. law? Yeah. Isn't it harder to do that when you have more people than uh, less people? You know, it's harder to do that when you have allowed your – You do committee work. You'd rather have a small committee than a large <laughs> committee, right? Well um, – Why yeah. is that? <laughs> well, let me let me say this about why I think it's so hard. And I don't think it has anything to do with the amount of people. I think that we have allowed our political process to become entrenched in – 
money and special interest, and that is probably somewhat prevalent on both sides of the aisle. I'm not a big fan of moral equivalencies like that, but, I mean, the truth is probably the truth. We need to fix that on both sides. So when I talk about when I talk about points of view or, or political ideas that that are not going to reinforce those problematic political divisions, then uh, that's what I'm talking about, right? And so, um, is it is it the evil of money? Is it big corporations? Is it no. evil billionaires? It's none of those things. Those are all just labels. We just need to look at different situations. You know, when you ask questions like, why are we not handling the issue of voter rights, right? Why are we fixated on abortion? Why is one half of the political system in this country fixated on taking rights away from half the human beings in the country? Isn't that kind of analogous to the... uh the abortion issue, which I would be willing to bet that the majority of people in the country as a whole are opposed to restricting voting rights. However, the people within these particular states, maybe the majority of the people in those states are not. So it's kind of the same as the abortion issue. How yeah, do you well, do we need to apply billionaire money? I, to I that think, too? OK, I think when <laughs> we see states issues, state issues, when we see issues involving states' rights to to make laws, uh, uh, then we need to we need to make sure that we do not allow that to happen. When those when those laws that those states are making are obviously discriminatory against other marginalized sections of the population, whether that be black people, whether that be minorities in general, whether that be women and abortion rights, when states decide to make laws that take rights away from these other populations that are not part of the ruling white people in that state, then we need federal intervention to stop them from doing that. And the truth is, the only way you... you you do that is you have it one way or the other. And this is what I always talk about, states' rights versus, what is it, federalism? No, is that you what don't it's have called? to have it all one way or the but other. It, but isn't it interesting, though, that all of our problems arise from that in this country because we, we have both, and I, don't, and I don't even pretend to understand it. Well, and honestly, I go both ways. Yesterday I could be for states' rights, and tomorrow I could be for you know one law of the land well, listen, under the federal federal government. Travis, when you grow up, you're going <laughs> to solidify some of your some of your opinions. Here, let me give you an example. Up until recently, we had a law in effect that 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 because the country had recognized that a particular group of Southern states post Civil War, post Jim Crow were formulating voting laws that were prohibiting black people from voting. Poll tax, the, you have to guess the amount of jelly beans in a fucking bar at the polling, <laughs> in a fucking jar at the polling place. I mean, ridiculous horseshit. Did you ever, have you ever done one of those? <laughs> well, I've never been asked to do it to vote. Uh, I think I How did many it. jelly beans can you fit in a jar? That's a good question. Did, wasn't Reagan a jelly bean guy? He was, he was. Are you trying to get me off track? No, I'm sorry, okay. go ahead. So- Here's here's what I'm trying to say. We had laws in effect to control voting rights in to control southern states that we knew were going to be prone to enact uh, uh, discriminatory voting laws. 
And when so you say we, you mean the United um, States of America. Federal government. Yeah. And that was in effect, okay? Part of the Republican strategy to to increase the amount of times Republicans win elections was to to eliminate that law, to try to convince people that, hey, enough time had passed since the Jim Crow era that these laws were not needed. Well, that was wrong. That was a mistake. They're, they're still needed. They will most likely always be needed. And why would you change something that was working in the first place? Uh, so here's the thing. The Republicans changed them, right? They got control of the Senate and they changed it. And then they put in a Republican president who then decimated the Justice Department, almost eliminating their authority on a national basis. That's very well, that's very dangerous, right? So all of the bullshit that you saw the Trump guys go through, Bill Barr and all the rest of it, because the only way that that you can control problems like states passing laws that are discriminatory to marginalized sections of the population is for the Justice Department to have some kind of control over that. They they systematically eroded that control. In the but you Justice just paint, you just went deeper into the weeds. You painted an even more dystopian picture of the problem, which is you had this control on a federal level that right. ultimately can also be dismantled if you have somebody go in there that that takes apart the the Justice Department. So what's how do you keep it all intact? Well, I mean, you know, this is where I'm just going to have to blame the American people. I mean. <laughs> I, I can only say that as they sat back for f- f- fucking four and a half years or count the time before he was elected and watched Trump dismantle the Justice Department without rising up and, and demanding that it stop. And this goes and this is what I think. And I've said this before, and I think you disagree with me, but I ultimately believe, again, you talk about let and that trickles down into how people cast their vote. I believe people ultimately vote for the the policies that affect them or benefit them. So there must be enough positive shit for people to vote for. Pick a candidate, you know, Trump in the last four years that they said, I'll take the good with the bad because I like this. That yeah. they're willing to let that th- go back to your word. Let they're willing to let that happen. You cannot allow. Okay, I'll use the <laughs> it's the same thing. So what you're talking about is minority control. Right. And that is a problem. So um, we have we the the rhetoric from the right that's that's been pervasive for the last ten years has been that somehow uh, it's oppressive for the people of the United States to <clears throat> to wish to uh, uh, have mechanisms in place that will prevent small minorities, especially in places like the South from imposing their will on the majority of the people, especially when it comes to when it's going to cause very serious uh, damage to those to those segments of the people. Right? Yeah, but the people are free to cast their votes in any way that they choose. You you cited a lot your Mexican gardener, right? Who uh-huh. was a Trump guy. Yeah. Which didn't make any sense to you because Trump hates those people. And I, I think your guy was—he's uh, he was a one—he's a one-issue guy. He was a one-issue guy. He's a Catholic. And I don't think that he, that's so different from how a lot of people cast their vote. That's just what I believe is that 
That's Ooh, how, that's. I think one issue voters are are something that always have to be taken into consideration, right? But I mean, and when you talk about minority of people casting votes, the whole other element here too is popular vote versus electoral college. I'm and okay with the electoral college. You, I know you say you've stated that you like that process. Well, I mean, but the reality is you end up having a minority, if you want to call it that, opinion on who ultimately gets the job of president. Uh, a minority opinion. Yeah. yeah, I guess. I mean, when you when the popular it, it can, vote, I should say. Yeah, it doesn't always. Yeah, I mean, these are just things that we have to. You know, I I I've said this before on the podcast, and and I think it's a concept that I am afraid is almost gone. But let me just say this: that one of the things that makes American the American government institutions work is forbearance. Right. And so I'm just going to say it and not try to explain it. Um, it's in a lot of the language and a lot of the right. I bet you'll see it in the uh, what are the papers you read that had to do with the Constitution? The Federalist Papers. Fed- I bet if you read through that again or you check or check an index or ask Siri, I bet that word is in there multiple times in those writings. Forbearance, you know, is a concept that the Republican Party. 10 years ago decided to attack and try to eliminate. And that is what kept people from doing everything they can in a situation to get what they want, because inevitably doing everything possible to get what you want is probably going to cause extremely negative effects to other people. I don't disagree with that. And that is also happening, or I believe that will be the net effect of shit like putting more people on the Supreme Court, the the, the filibuster, all this crap. That's why I'm not in favor of it. I know. Right? This is where you bring all of your sense, your common sense. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Travis, you really get me. I do. (laughs) That's what makes us work. Oh, my God. Uh, we got to stop before this gets out of control. <laughs> well, you, have you had enough fun yeah, for today? I've had enough. I think everybody gets the point. All right. Well, <laughs> until uh, the next one, everybody. Happy. Yeah. yeah. Are we going to talk to people before yeah, Christmas? Why not? Happy okay. Easter. All right. Happy Easter. Bye. <laughs>